Episode 129, weighing in with Travis Hartman. I am B-Money, the producer. That over there is the talent Weekend Trav. Weekend Trav with Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence Jr.'s fight around the corner. We thought it fitting to get the inside track from a former opponent of Terrence Crawford's. Going all the way back to March 2009, that opponent being one Travis Hartman. Weekend Trav. Our own Weekend <laughs> Trav here. Weekend Trav, we wanted to pick your brain here because you've been in the ring with Terrence Crawford. You took Terrence Crawford the distance. Didn't it come out your favor back in March 2009, that fateful night in York, Pennsylvania, I think? Am I right? It was a fateful night. Yes, it was York, Pennsylvania. Talk to us. <laughs> talk to our subscriber base. Talk to the listeners about Terrence Crawford. I know it's been a lot of time since then, but let's go back uh, to 2009 as Terrence Crawford, the opponent. Give us some specifics on his fight style, what you saw in the ring, what you felt in the ring. Let's just have an open dialogue here about your fight against Terrence Crawford, you being one of nine people who has not been knocked out. By Terrence, by Terrence Crawford in the professional ranks. Which is it's kind of crazy, but I, I, I foreseen him being this way after I fought him. Because if anybody knows, we've talked about it many times, but I had 170 amateur fights, 46 pro fights now, and I've told every single person that will ask me, Terrence Crawford was the best I've ever fought. And I said that back in 2009, mm. before people knew who Terrence Crawford was. Now, thank God for... Um, sports psychologist because i have ptsd talking about terrence crawford because he put it on me i'm kidding i don't but um he did put it on me i mean this guy it's crazy because i did go the distance with him and if you look at my record i fought other guys like keith thurman and chavez jr i didn't go the distance i was stopped by those guys however different circumstances there because if you looked at my record on paper you'd be like oh terrence or um keith thurman is obviously better than terrence crawford because travis went the distance with terrence crawford and he got stopped by keith thurman it's professional boxing, and I promise you it's more of a business. So there's other stuff that went into that. But Terrence Crawford, when I fought him, he was one of the fastest guys that I ever fought. He hit harder than anybody that ever fought in my life. His balance was so impeccable. His chin was amazing. And I hit really hard. If you look at my professional boxing re- record, too, um, out of my wins, there's only been four people that I didn't knock out out of my wins. So I do hit really hard as well, and he took it. Like, he was a beast. Um, I I just remember him switching as well. I never – I can switch too, but I've never ever been in the ring with somebody that can switch better than me, meaning he went from left-handed to right-handed. I've never met anybody that does it better than me. He did. That night, I'm like, he switched. I switch usually when I'm tired. I'll switch to get a little leverage and just to be able to see the punches coming better. This guy switched and was equally deadly from his right-handed stance to his left-handed stance. And – that's something that separates him from everybody else because, like I said, I'm, I beat a lot of top guys in the amateurs. I beat a lot of – not a lot of top guys in the pros, but I fought a lot of top guys in the pros, and nobody's ever been able to switch like me. I mean, nobody. And I've fought five or six different world champions. I fought guys that are going to be Hall of Famers, and nobody's ever switched better than me. Hmm. Terrence Crawford, he did. And the reason why I bring that up is because Errol Spence is good, but he's never faced somebody – with the athletic ability that Terrence Crawford has. And equally, I will say equally though, Terrence Crawford has never faced anybody as good as Errol Spence. Mm. Okay. That's I will say that. A lot of everybody says um, that Terrence Crawford's never fought anybody better than Errol Spence. And then I, I look at him and I go, Errol Spence has never fought anybody better than right. Terrence Crawford either. Right. Whether what however you want to compare their resumes, it doesn't matter because neither guy has fought a guy as good as they're fighting 
July 29th. Yeah, which is going to be just a blockbuster fight. We're going to talk more about that next week on the 130 episode as we go into kind of the home stretch of that fight. But we can, Trav, uh, you, Terrence, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Travis Hartman taking on Terrence Crawford back in 2009. That's math 14 years ago right what weight class was that what, what, what that was you guys actually in? crawford was 138 for 138 so we, were, we were light welterweight which is 140 so that's another thing where i can't speak on and it's going to be even worse i think though terrence crawford's put on weight and he's brought his punching power with him right so he hit hard then at 138 he probably hits so much harder at 147 now and he's all the way into his career he's comfortable at that weight class now and he's a much stronger and a better fighter than when i fought him even and i thought he was a superstar then mm. i even went on the radio in 2009 and told everybody i was like listen this guy's a superstar and they're like no way trav nobody's ever heard of him look where we're at now now you have he's top two pound for pound on everybody's list right he's one or two you depend on who you talk to he's been one on my list for a long time canelo took him over and then canelo lost i put terence crawford back up there Equally, Earl Spence is top five for sure, probably top three even. Um, but this is a blockbuster fight. This is a fight that boxing needs, especially with all of the ducking and dodging going on in the heavyweight division right now. And um, I think it's great and refreshing finally that these guys were not – I don't think they were ducking each other. No. But a lot of stuff came in the way the last two years, and we talked about it. I think there were some promotional elements that got in, involved there and in, in contractually speaking. Terrence finally left Bob Arum in top rank. So let's go, let's go back to some of those points you made about when you fought him. And now that we see Terrence Crawford, because what, what is this uh, fight? What, what, are the, what is the weight that this fight's going to be at? Welterweight's 147. So 147. So about nine pounds difference now. Uh, let's talk about some of the points you made of, of Terrence Crawford back in 2009. He was fast. As you've watched and picked apart his fights from that point till now, do you feel like he still has that kind of speed for 147? Yes, if not better now. And I think that he's anticipating punches so well now. Mm. He's so crazy intelligent, and he still has that killer instinct when he smells blood in the water, he goes for it. Like the Benavidez fight, he was boxing brilliantly anyway and was beating him, and then the 12th round, he picked his spot, and Benavidez gave it to him, and he finished him. When you can finish somebody in the 12th round of a title fight, that's amazing. When you still have that power and that stamina to finish another high-level guy, that is brilliant, and that's what Terrence Crawford just brought not too long ago. So he's gotten better. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, to me off-air that after you fought him, he rattled off, what, 12 out of 13 as knockout Knockouts, wins. Yeah. He knocked out the the next seven in a row, and then the next 12 of 13 he knocked out Holy after moly. me. So, uh, so let's go back to that. Hardest hitting. Do we still see that from Terrence Crawford in the ring today as, at 147? The same kind of hard hitting uh, 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 physique, uh, punching, punching power. Do we still see that now? This is how I explain Terrence Crawford's power to people now. He doesn't have that overwhelming, massive, big punch. Hmm. He is a massive pinpoint puncher. He puts his punches on the point, on spot. He can pinpoint his punches on his opponent wherever he wants to. And when you can pinpoint punch, then you can knock people out. That's what Terrence Trafford is good. He does have power. He's got that pinpoint punching power to where he places his punches in specific spots and he nails those spots. And that's why I think he's even more dangerous now because, and why I say pinpoint puncher over like just like a brutally knockout puncher, you know, in the heavyweight division, Tyson or um, Deontay Wilder, that guy can hit you anywhere. And knock you out. Hit you in the forehead. Hit you in the jaw. Whatever. Knock you out. Terrence Crawford's got to put it right on the button. But he will. He's a sniper. 
That's that's what I, that's probably what I would say. He's a sniper. Mm-hmm. He's gonna pick you off wherever he wants to aim that punch. It's mm-hmm. gonna go there. So let's talk about his balance. You still see the same thing in the ring from him now, being a little bit heavier, a little older. You still seeing the balance, or is it improved? I think that's the part about Terence Crawford that is probably the most impressive because you never see him out of balance. Even though he switches, and that's been always my thing about switching when I was in the ring. Switching was tough because when I'm when I'm when I'm right-handed, I'm pushing off with my back right leg mm. most of the fight. Right, I'm a natural right-hander. When I switch left-handed, I have to make sure I'm not pushing off with my right leg because now it's in the front. Right. If you watch Terence Crawford when he switches, this guy's balance is so impeccable. It's why he's great. His balance is probably the the building blocks of him hitting hard of him dodging punches anticipating punches because he's always in position to be where he needs to be and this is what i coach now too i might tell all my fighters i'm like listen if your balance is good that means you're going to be in the right position to do the right things if Mm. your balance is off your punches are going to be off terrence crawford's balance i would say he's probably one of the most balanced fighters in the world right now pound for pound any division, his balance is impeccable. So let's talk finally uh, on his chin. I, I don't know how many times we've even seen it really tested, to be honest with you, and you look back in the past few fights he's had. But w- when you're watching as a fan, uh, not just when you were in the ring with him, but as a yeah. fan, what do you see from Terrence Crawford's chin that sets him apart? I mean, that's the thing. Everybody always talks about chins and like, oh, it's never been tested, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's a good thing that's never been tested. You know what I mean? That means yeah. that he's never been punched clean because he's always in place to where he needs to be. He's always right. balanced. So I don't know about his chin. I mean, he's been caught, but it's a good thing that it hasn't been tested. That's the thing I, I always want to tell people is like, they're like, yeah, but his, his chin is questionable. No, it's not. His chin has not been tested for good reason, though. His offense is that good. His offense allows for him to have a good defense, allows him to not get hit clean. Um, he's been hit a couple decent times by some smaller guys like Yorkis Gamboa. A couple of those guys have caught him, but I've never, ever seen Terrence Crawford in serious trouble. Mm. He hasn't. He's never caught that punch really super clean, but I'm not even comparing myself to those world champions by no means at all. I caught him clean a couple of times and I can punch. And it wasn't that he just shook it right off, but he was just calm through it all. Mm. And that's the thing. Even in trouble, if you can stay calm while you're in trouble or even slightly buzzed, because you're going to get buzzed no matter who you are. At some point in your career, you're going to get buzzed a little bit. And Terrence Crawford showed me personally in that ring that he could stay calm through that. And I guarantee you he has been buzzed at maybe a couple of different times that we didn't really notice, but it happens like that sometimes in boxing. You don't see it from the outside, but Terrence Crawford, if he's sitting down off air being honest, I bet he'll tell you he's been buzzed a couple of times. Mm. So he knows how to stay calm no matter what. Earl Spence can punch. That's no joke there. He's got that nice plodding straight at you, beat you down with multiple combinations, things like that. He can punch. I think he is going to test his jaw. Mm. He, he probably will hit Crawford clean. But I think Crawford, even if he does get hit clean, I think he's going to be okay because he's going to stay calm and collective. He's got 39 pro fights. Yeah. Okay? <clears throat> he's going to be okay. Yeah, so we'll talk about the specifics between those two next week. We'll talk about some of those details we just mentioned on Terrence Crawford and how that plays a part into Errol Spence's game, you know, speed, uh, the hitting style, the balance, all these things. We're going to talk about that when it comes to his fight uh, with Errol Spence Jr. We'll talk about it next week on the podcast. 
but uh, we wanted to once again just to pick your brain because 14 years ago a little over 14 years ago you yourself were in the ring with this guy and obviously he's done nothing but improve since that point which is scary which is scary because he was good then yeah so i think he just he just kind of flies on the radar because his personality is very quiet in most cases and he's kind of a family guy whatever else so is errol spence too that's why this fight is weird it's very interesting good dudes so we're going to talk about that next week a bit we can travel we're going to go from one pound for pound fighter in terrence crawford to another probably a top five pound for pound fighter in the world and that's naoe inoue who's taken on stephen fulton for the wbc and wbo super bantamweight titles uh and that's uh, that's inoue stepping up to the 122 ranks uh correct me if i'm wrong is that on the 24th or is that on the 25th it's the 25th okay i the 25th in america in america and so usually they're like 15 hour or they're like 13 or 14 hours ahead over and they're fighting in japan correct yes so usually that's going to be about like a 9 a.m uh sort of fight uh in america i I think you're right i think it's the 24 technically in japan but it's going to air for us over here live still but it's going to be in the morning so technically it's still the 25th for us big time i mean we we mentioned last week um that we get sidetracked with the you know what's happening in boxing and the news of the the moment things like that that we don't spend enough time sometimes on these big fights that are coming up but we're, we're grateful that we can this week and next week but this is a big fight it's a huge fight. Okay, and this episode 129 is going to drop, and we're not going to have another episode prior to this fight happening. This is a big-time fight, especially the, there's a lot of pressure on Inouye going up in 122. He's been so dominant at his prior weight class, yeah. so dominant, and now stepping up. What do you think here? I love it because here's the deal, and I think this is something that I'm going to give Canelo credit for too, daring to be great. This guy turned pro at like 138 pounds what I fought Crawford at. But Canelo turned pro at 138 pounds. He moved all the way up to 175. Mm. And finally, yes, he met his match. Bival beat him. And yeah. I don't think he beats Bival in a rematch. But I love it when he dared to be great because you know what he did? I think Canelo gets a little bit of credit for these guys now trying the same stuff, which is in a way good for him. Nobody could even touch him at the weight classes below. And maybe not even this weight class as well, so we'll see. I think he's the favorite, and I think he should be, right? But Naoue has been fighting at 118, which is a weight class below 122, is what they're fighting at now. He fought at 113. He's fought so low, and now he's moving up. He fought at 107, 108. That's the weight class. 108, 113, 114. These are big jumps, though, percentage-wise. Percentage-wise, these Huge are massive jumps. jumps. And, and so and he's not very tall. He's, he's pretty short. He's 5'5", five five, so, so he doesn't have the height. We can't sleep on Stephen Fulton in this At thing. All. There's a reason why he has two of these belts. And I think, if I if I remember correctly, I think in a way went ahead and relinquished the titles down down a weight class. I'm almost positive he did. If he did, it was kind of silly because I think what normally you can do is when you're such a, a dominant champion, you just you you can apply for something. But it was just like Cortez landing on the shores of Mexico and they tore the ships apart and burned the wood because they weren't going back. Maybe <laughs> Inoue is not going back. He's I, only I moving like forward. B Money throwing some history out there. You there you go. I like it, B Money. So this is a big time fight. I'm pretty excited about it. I like watching Inoue fight and I like the fact that it's in the morning because B Money is awake. And he can watch this thing on his computer while he's supposed to be working. He can watch it. <laughs> um, so that is coming up here on the 25th here in the States. Um, that should be pretty interesting. Maybe we'll throw some content out there right before that fight. Maybe a little prediction stuff. Uh, but, but Fulton's only five, six and a half. He, even though he's the bigger guy, 
he's not much bigger yeah. if that makes sense they're going to be but there's these are going to be two heavy hitting guys and 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 speed keep that in mind folks when we're talking about the lower weight classes these guys are fast so it's going to be exciting to watch i think that in a way is obviously the much bigger puncher he's 24 and 0 21 ko's but fulton's not fulton's 21 and 0 with eight ko's mm. but fulton is a phenomenal boxer and this is why this fight's perfect because you have a guy who's a phenomenal boxer, doesn't rely on power, and is very crafty. Then you have a guy like Inoue who can punch and box. Mm-hmm. But you know how you beat a puncher? You box him. Mm-hmm. So this is Inoue's kryptonite on paper, meaning this could be how he gets beaten, and it won't be a knockdown drag out. It could be one of those fights where Fulton, if he's smart, he boxes and moves the whole fight. A lot of, <clears throat> but Inoue's fast. He's yeah. not just a power puncher. Yes. He can. He, he's got reflexes. He knows how to um, apply that pressure in a boxer's way. So I think this is a great fight. This is another way for Inoue to cement his Hall of Fame career. Yeah, and there's a lot of pressure on Fulton in this thing. Even though he's coming in as the champ, this is a way for him to springboard his name into the conversation. Massive. You know, before this fight, unless you unless you follow everything like to a T. Do you know who Stephen Fulton is? Even though he has two of these belts, super no, bantamweight. The average person doesn't. Are we know watching sure. hundred? Are we watching one twenty twos fight a lot? No, no, you're not. And I think that this <clears> is you're right, hundred percent. I think this is his way to move up as well. Because if Stephen Fulton can beat Inouye, I think he has to move up to featherweight, which is one twenty six, which is close to where Shakir Stevenson and all mm-hmm, those guys are at, mm-hmm. which is where the big money fights are at. Which is Lomachenko did it. Lomachenko was low as like one twenty two, I think, at one point and moved up. So that's where Fulton's at right now is at one twenty two. So this is a big fight for Fulton. Fulton easily could catapult himself into the major scene and better as a prize fighter catapult itself into the bigger money fights absolutely and that's what we're prize fighters right we do we fight for money i don't care what anybody says we're fighting for money as well um so this is what this is the ultimate goal is you want to get more money and wins obviously but in a way and fulton i think is going to be a phenomenal fight it's in japan which is where in a way i guarantee you fulton's making a good payday too oh absolutely good for him absolutely it's got to be his biggest payday for sure and as you know, Japan's got a lot of money because they paid Floyd Mayweather to go over and do an exhibition. I think he made like, I don't know, $9 million or something stupid. Um, so obviously there's some money over there. Yeah. So the crowd will sit all nice and quiet until like, the you know, clubs. they do that. Yeah. It's so weird watching, watching them as fans and even like in the they're pro so, wrestling they're so world. Polite. They're, they're like so quiet until, like yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, very nice to watch. Anyways, so let's switch gears again. Uh, continuously making a name for herself and she should. Right, because she has all the gold, right? And we're talking Alicia Baumgartner, who avenged her soul loss yep. against Christina Lenardo, Lenardo or something, yeah, Lenardo Tower too. Yeah, sorry. Who also is coming off of just having a baby as well. There you go. Nobody's really talking about that. So that's Give tough. Her some credit, good for her. But she did beat Baumgartner early in the career, and Baumgartner came back. Good for her. Unanimous decision victory for her. I think they fought in Detroit, and that was for the super featherweight titles, the WBA, IBF, WBC, and WBO super featherweight women's titles. So there you go. We had Alicia Baumgartner continuously making a name for herself, and that's what women's boxing needs. They need more than just a couple of names. Here's what I liked about the fight we can trap. Give, give it to me, man. Was post-fight. She basically called out she wants all the smoke from everybody, whoever she can get it like from. It. She wants Amanda Serrano. She wants Ooh, Katie Taylor. She, was, she wants to jump up. She wants to fight the best of the best. Has she even mentioned the rematch with Michaela Mayer? No. I love it. No, I love that, it That too. even draws more. You know how steamed that's got to make oh, Michaela yeah, Mayer yeah. even more so, which is going to make her work even harder? Because 
we do obviously Baumgartner likes to avenge um, losses, so therefore she would like to give rematches one day. But she's right, Baumgartner call out the big money fights, Katie Taylor, Amanda Strong. Not only the best, but those are also the big money fights. Absolutely, so, good for her. And you know what makes me happy that women are making some money, but the women who have other women that are quality in their division are making great money. And I only say that because Clarissa Shields was in Detroit at these fights because she mm. she's from she's yeah. from Michigan, right? So she was at these fights with Baumgartner, but she doesn't have any dance partners in her weight class, which makes the ratings low because yep. who she fights, it, it's they're not making the big money because the big fights aren't there. These weight classes where Baumgartner's at, they're big fights. Absolutely. Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano were one of the fights of the year, right? They were our fight of the year for yep. 2022 or yep. 20, whenever they fought, 2021, I think even, end of it or 20, no, it's 2022. But big fights, I like it. Alicia yeah. Baumgartner is also a big seller because she's very personable. Yep. She's very exciting. <clears throat> she's very flamboyant. And we like that. Yeah. People like that. The fans like that. So here it is. So she's she's going to continue to defend at 130. So that's okay. not to say that Michaela Mayer might might still be in the mix. But honestly, I'm not in, I'm not even interested in seeing that fight. I think Michaela Mayer is a boring fighter. I'm tired of seeing her. Uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. I think it's just no, she's, a, she's a tall, lumbering sort of fighter, and she just all she does is kind of impose her size against people. And I still don't know how she makes weight against some of these girls. But here's here's here was Alicia Baumgartner. She said, "What's next? 135. Katie Taylor. I want you. Chantel Cameron. Amanda Serrano." She firmly declared all these these three names. Those are good they fights. Called they called Absolutely. Them out. Those are great Why not? I love it when fights. a champ calls it out. Champ, call it out. Other champs at a, a and let's call out the other champs. Too. Yeah, this yeah. is what we need. Men take take notes as well. Like we need this in the men's division as well. Yeah. So, you know, but to me, I, I gotta make sure that I tell the fans they hear this that I don't think I don't think Michaela Meyer is a boring fighter. For the record, I think she's very technical, which can come across as boring to people that want to watch it for entertainment. I agree with you though, because Mayweather was the same. No. When he was coming up, I'm gonna he sit, was the I'm same. I'm going to sit there and we're going to very technical. Let's watch. Let's, let's pull if we can even find the footage of the last three fights no, that she's been in. Let's watch the fights she, and you I tell know. me how technical she, she, she is. Hit her pads and moves. Yes. She's got a very That's technical, not technical coach. She's pretty technical. She's a good fighter. Skill-wise, she's a quality fighter. But I see how she's not entertaining. All you're thinking about is her in a bikini. That's all you're thinking about. She is boring. I love you, baby. I'm sorry. I'm not thinking about her in a bikini. He's not. Michaela, (laughs) I'm sorry. To me, it's just lumbering. No, it's boring. I'm not disagreeing with you because I understand I know, where you're coming from. I know the you're techni- watching it. And I like, know you're the like, ta- no, you're no. Like, no, I want to see quality. It's women's punches, boxing. We ain't so going to see knockouts. Is, that's very true. Okay, we're and not going to see knockouts. That's why we like knockouts. Amanda Serrano because she does knock people out. Yes, Katie Taylor. But I there. like technical aspects of boxing. I just think Michaela Mayer should be able to do more. Should be able to do more with her. Overwhelming size and yeah. reach and everything. She, she should do hard. more. She doesn't punch hard enough. It's just it's like missing the killer instinct or something. Yeah. Okay, so anyways, we could talk about that a little bit anyways, further. But anyways. we don't want to lose viewers. We want to gain viewers. We appreciate your subscribing. And if you have yet to do so to the podcast, Wayne and with Travis R. And please do so below on YouTube, Rumble, wherever you're catching us. If you're listening to us on the audio sources on Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Alexa, all the things. Did I turn on Alexa on? I hope I didn't turn your Alexa on by saying that over the air. Please subscribe below. Give us a like on this content for episode 129. You know what I hope we do turn on is? 
I hope we turn on the Spotify Joe Rogan listeners. Oh man, come on over, guys! Come on, man! Come on over, guys! Did you catch? I love you guys. Did you catch the Mike Perry with him with with Joe Rogan? I haven't watched it. It yet. was good. It was I good. I haven't watched it. Yet. It was very entertaining. I, I listened. I actually watched and listened the whole time, and uh, it was entertaining for Listen, sure. I'm not surprised, as you know, <clears throat> as we know, Mike Perry is a ratings hit. Yeah. No matter what setting you put this man in. You're going to watch. Yeah. Because one, he's tough as nails. The guy will literally die in the ring if he has to. Thank God he hasn't. He's got a family, so thank God no. he hasn't. But this guy will lay it all on the line. And Which, I think he gives his interviews the same way. He's like, I will just tell you straight up and how I feel, where it he is. is and I he's love it. in a sport, and, and they mentioned this on that episode on, with Joe Rogan and uh, Joe Rogan Experience. They mentioned he is in a sport that is tailor made for him. This is a tailor-made sport. We said it sport. two years ago. Absolutely. When he, when he went to bare knuckle, I was like, I'm Because there is a I'm certain, sad and glad. There is a certain skill set you need on the bare knuckle boxing. It's not just brutality. You have to have technique and skill level, but you also have to be able just to withstand such devastating punishment. Man, it's the modern-day gladiator. He's the modern-day gladiator that used to fight at the Coliseum until death. This is Mike Perry. I mean, you can you imagine getting hit in the face as many times no. without a 12-ounce glove on? No. No. I mean, I'm telling you that if I fought Terrence Crawford in a bare-knuckle fight, I promise you that fight doesn't go more than one round. On either, either, either one. Like, yeah. That's what I'm saying, either one, because boxers know how to punch, right? Like, So we're pinpointing those punches with bare-knuckle. We knock people out with 10- and 12-ounce gloves. I don't want to be in a bare-knuckle like Just like... God bless, hallelujah, I love you, Mike Perry, but I couldn't do what you do. Yeah. And I am okay admitting that because you are a freaking beast yeah. and you deserve all of the money, all of the respect, all of it because you lay your life on the line. I love it. I love for it. your family, for you, for the, the fans. Like Mike Perry needs to get like a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> like this guy, what he does for people – like, seriously, think of all the fans that he's entertained. Think right. about all of the people that know the name Mike Perry. Think about all the people that have tuned into his fights. Nobel Peace Prize 2024, Mike Perry. I mean, I think there's – okay, <laughs> maybe some award. I don't know about the Nobel Peace Prize. But that being said, we want to also say congratulations to uh, you and yours on your uh, recent nuptials there uh, in Vegas. You got married. You got hitched. You got the ring on. You guys look happy. You got a budding family. Congratulations from uh, us here at Wayne and Travis Hartman. Uh, you know, we, we appreciate you, and uh, congratulations once again. Best of luck to you uh, with, with all – things coming uh, from married men with children mike has two children married with well. children congratulations absolutely god bless and cheers to many more cheers um we can travel let's go to final thoughts oh my goodness you're throwing final thoughts at me absolutely I fast. I, I, let me let me pour one more thing of basil hayden toast mm -hmm. which is a jim is Good. a james beam distiller I didn't even know that. Yeah, I don't know if it's it's them or they if they just co-branded that. I don't know, but this is they're the distiller, so maybe it's just a processing. So catch place, this, catch this on the Bourbon Lounge. Um, we had an episode stuff. about it. Basil Hayden's toast, small um, batch. Yeah, it's pretty toasted good. wood vanilla light mouthfeel. So now that you have the light mouthfeel in your cup, <laughs> give me the give me the final thoughts here uh, before uh, we call it a show. My cup runneth over. Mm. Mr. B Money. Mm -hmm. um, final thoughts. Oh my goodness. So much to be thankful for and happy for. Final thoughts. I am very thankful and happy right now because boxing 
is exciting. Hmm. We've had so many amazing fights in 2023. I'm a broken record here, mm -hmm. but I'm going to name you the upcoming amazing fights to go with the first six months we've already had, which have been phenomenal. But we have Terrence Crawford, uh, Errol Spence. Mm -hmm. We have NOA Steve Fulton. We have, I'm going to throw this out there, whatever, but we also have Nate Diaz versus Jake Paul. Yeah. We have Tyson Fury versus Nganu. Mm. We have Usyk back in the ring. We also have a possible Deontay Wilder versus Ruiz, which possible. I think will happen by the end of the year because Deontay Wilder needs to get back in the ring. At Anthony Josh, uh, Anthony Joshua, Joshua Dillian White. Back in the ring. Which, to be fair, that's still a quality fight. Sure. Dillian White can fight. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a quality fight, and we possibly could see a knockout in that fight. So those are just a rundown of the immediate fights that we know of for sure. But there's going to be a blockbuster in December as well which I don't know who it's going to be, but there's going to be a blockbuster in December. It's going to get announced. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be a blockbuster. But my final thoughts are to be a boxing fan right now in 2023 is a pretty amazing place because I think right now, today, this year, by far, boxing is the number one combat sport in the world. And I think it's because we have great fights happening. We have the top guys fighting the top guys. We have guys from other sports that are top sports like uh, UFC, bare knuckle boxing, all of that, that are also transitioning to boxing mm -hmm. to make some money. Mm -hmm. So boxing is hitting on all cylinders right now. But it is a very, very, very pivotal moment because we're capturing all of these fans and all of their eyes right now, B-Money. We have to do it in a good way. We can't take advantage of that and start putting shitty fights in again. So we have to capitalize on that and keep these people because we're entertained. We we like to watch. We're the consumer, right? We like to watch for entertainment. We need to keep getting these entertaining fights because 2023 has been amazing. But those fans can equally go away and tune in to another sport just like that because there's phenomenal sports out there. You got soccer, you got American football, you have everything. Other combat sports, bare knuckle boxing, you have UFC. So what I'm trying to say is I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to the boxing gods to please let this carry through and carry over into 2024 because for the first time in a really long time, I feel like we've gotten blockbuster, high-quality fights in 2023. Yeah, we've boxing. definitely had a couple years in a row here where we've strung together some, uh, some amazing fights. Uh, my final thoughts is going to be this. It's going to be another congratulations. Okay, My final thought is this. Congratulations, Gervonta Tank Davis for making it out of the joint <laughs> after your 44, what is it, 44 45 day uh, sentence for uh, <laughs> I don't even know what this time he's done a lot of stuff oh I think it was because uh, he, he was under house arrest and, and I think he broke that he and did anyway so congratulations to you you made it out of the clink you're back home you're back to training and then we're going to get back to these medium sized guys talking a lot of stuff and not fighting one another that's where we're at but anyways, that's well, my final thought. Well, the medium-sized guys did fight each other. Yeah, but now he what, fought, he but fought, what's next? Yeah, there, there's still fights to be made. You know what it is. As a consumer, it's not, it's not what have you done for me lately. It's what you're going to do for me next. <laughs> I want something to look forward to. Exactly. I don't disagree, but we have some options, though. So that is episode 129, Wayne with Travis Hartman. That over there is the talent weekend, Trav. That there is B-Money, a.k.a. producer, a.k.a. man with the cool hair a nice beard mm -hmm. on what is this the number one boxing oh yeah you can beards uh -huh. bourbon podcast shot in orlando florida specifically in laureate park specifically on the second floor of th boxing specifically on a wednesday 
Sometimes Tuesday, Sunday, I don't know. I'm not the person. Sunday or Monday, (laughs) today being Sunday, dropping on a Wednesday morning at 7.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. In, in the, the world. world. That's the top spot. That's <laughs> us. Episode 129. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe below if you have not done so yet. We'll be back with you soon. Thanks.